Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Again, and welcome to episode 124 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm your host, Michael McCall, and I'm flying solo this week. Unless you can't predict a pooch who's sitting here watching us, he's not wanting to say anything today, though. He's decided to, to be a little bit quiet. He's kind of like the quiet Steve Pander, but a lot more insightful. So it's a bye week in Whitecaps land, or as we like to call it here, what on earth am I going to do on my Saturday now? But by week or not, there is no rest for the White Caps and there is no rest for us here at AFTN. The Caps were back on the training pitch at UBC on Thursday, so we went along, captured some of the audio, and you're going to hear that in this special podcast. It's a shorter podcast than usual, very interview heavy. The Caps didn't record any of the interviews today, so this probably will be the only place where you can, you can hear any of these over the next coming days. And it was a very good-natured group on the pitch today, despite the the Caps ending August with that disappointing 2-0 loss against Houston. But as I say, the the Caps were itching to get back to action. They kind of don't want this rest week. They they really would like to get back into action this weekend, try to get some more MLS points on the board. Going to have to wait until Wednesday to, to play Colorado. But Carl Robinson was also in high spirits today partly because he was really eager to get off and watch Wales beat Cyprus in the Euro 2016 qualifiers. And also he was very cock-a-hoop after learning that Wales were now above England in the FIFA World Rankings. So let's hear from Robbo now as he looks back a little bit on the Houston defeat the month ahead of September, talks squad rotation, squad depth, Christian Teixeira and a few other issues as well. So here's Carol Robinson. I took world. the picture because they're above England. <laughs> Screensaver. Doesn't yeah, happen to us. <laughs> It'll be rugby now in about a month when they it's beat them in the World Cup. Yeah. Was, it, was it weird to have a couple couple days off? You have a... It wasn't weird. No, it was nice. <laughs> it was very nice. It was. I think it's important the guys recharge physically and mentally. I think they come back today and they're in a great shape. Good frame of mind, training correctly and very competitive. So it, it was good all around. You have too quiet a month, though. This is an odd month to come off of the last one. No, no, we, we can get some training done, proper training, tactical training now. So it's good as we obviously got seven games to go, seven important games in the league. And 
um, you know, big game against Colorado in a week's time. Injuries notwithstanding, Carl, in, in your ideal world, is this a time to have seven pretty consistent lineups to get into a rhythm as you get into the playoffs, or is it training that dictates everything? It's it's a little bit of both, if I'm honest. I'd like a, you know, a settled team, and I think we're pretty settled in a lot of areas. Uh, obviously, suspensions, injuries, and that lot dictate other things, but... You know, it's places are up for grabs. We've got players missing, obviously, after uh, two of my guys getting sent off last week. So there'll be opportunities there. But, you know, the more settled, probably the better, yeah. But the way the Houston game played out, you put a young lineup out there. Were you disappointed it was more the senior guys that kind of lost their cool a little bit? No, not really. I'm disappointed that any guys lose their cool at certain times and obviously disappointed that we get to lose Matty and uh, Kendall. And I've spoke to both players, you know, I think... If, you, if we can have it back, they would wouldn't make them tackles. Um, you know, I was disappointed generally just because, you know, there were a number of other tackles I thought were worse in, in the game and they weren't um, picked up on or, or you know cautioned for. But listen, you know, I just sound like every other coach, don't I? So it is what it is. I'll sp- I'll deal with my players. They need to be better. I need to be better. We'll control that. Um, but obviously disappointed we lost. But. You know, we've had a very successful August, so uh, we're delighted with that. Were those fatigue fouls a little bit, Carl, in, in Kendall and, and Matthias's case, perhaps? I think decisions, you know, decisions on football pitches are the important thing of, you know, whether you put the ball in the back of the net or you don't, or whether you, you lunge into a tackle or not. And I think two examples, Kendall's, you know, gone to try and win the ball in the second one when he's on a yellow card, probably the wrong thing to do. Uh, I said, Matty has actually gone in, he's tried to nick the ball and because he tried to nick the ball I think his toe has caught the boy and the boy's gone over and rolled over four times and you know, the game's about tackling as well. You know, so it's hard to take, you know, arguably he's, he's our best tackler interceptor in the team and if he's gone to try and nick the ball but he's caught his toe, how can you have a go at him? And I won't. You know, I'll, I'll explain to him that he needs to make better decisions at better times but you know, I don't want to take that part of the this part of the game out of either of them. Um, but I did tell him off, yeah. After such a successful and busy August, is is there a little bit of concern of, of the guys being like, oh, we're through that part and, and maybe letting down a little bit? No. I think you see today in training, the boys are right at it. Uh, we need to get back on back onto the training field and, and get back to work, and we certainly have done that today. We, we had a, a pretty light day today. We'll get back into it tomorrow and on Saturday, uh, but we'll be ready to go. We've got a tough game on Wednesday. Colorado coming off three good results. You know, they got good players. Uh, we got good players. Uh, the unfortunate thing is, it's probably going to be four or five missing from them and four or five missing from us. So, <laughs> great game. With Kendo and Matty missing, and it's like the core of the, the middle of the park, and then Rusty being away as well, does it make you think maybe to tinker with the formation a little bit? Or maybe. With DB? Yeah, no, maybe. Maybe that's something that we'll look 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 into later in the week and obviously early next week. But I'll, uh, I'll try and pick the best possible formation suited to the best pl- the best possible players that I think can win the game so if that means obviously playing a 4-4-2 like I did on the weekend then that's what we'll do Will it be cards, injuries or you know international appearances? Uh, the depth has been really important for you guys. Can you talk a bit about that and uh, I think it's important with every team you know I say here every week that LA are the best team and they are because they have the best depth and you know, you look at their players and, you know, they're bringing Alan Gordons and Edson Buddles and Todd Donovan, who's going to retire at the end of the year, as the players off the bench. So they've got huge depth. We've got young players in, in our depth, but it's important you give them opportunities. And, and listen, they're going to make mistakes, without a doubt, and they will. And when they do, you can blame me. But, you know, we, we do give young players opportunities here. So you need your squad, and I think that's shown now. You know, we're in the Champions League again next year, um, so we're going to need a big squad again next year. And if you don't play them, 
then you, they get burnt out. And I think you've seen that with numerous teams this year. They've tried to keep a consistent team together and you know they're struggling to pick up one or two results at this present time and I don't want to be that team. As important I, I, as it is to have a good starting eleven, uh, is it how, how important is it to the to the game uh, to have uh, you know no drop off when you bring guys off the bench? I mean, you see the the teams in the EPL that yeah. once they those guys get injuries, those teams that come up they drop off, right? They do. Uh, it's the lower half teams that probably do that. You know, you're talking, and that's no disrespect to teams outside the top five or six. It's money buys things in this day and age and if you're able to do that then you obviously have a more consistent and a more stronger squad whereas you don't you know if you're a Swansea City then you probably don't have the luxury of spending 20 odd million to buy a, a substitute player to maybe come off the bench things like that so it's important in this league as well we're cap constrained we know that and you know, you, there's two ways you can go. You can go for experienced players as your backup players, or you can go for young, hungry players. And and this is the model that I want at this club: is young, hungry players. And with that, you'll get opportunities, and you'll also get mistakes. But when it's good, you know, it's something to build on. I, I ask this with the caveat that uh, you may not always agree with what MLSsoccer.com does, but uh, they, at the end of every month, they do an MVP okay. ladder. Yeah. You guys don't have anybody in the conversation, yeah. even though you're the second-place team in the league. Is that a product of um, a true balance on this team, a lack of a, a true superstar, where you're located? What do you think, Gary? <laughs> I, I think it might be a, a, a combination of all, all Listen, of them. You know, what that tells me is is we're a team. We are a team, and you know, teams are made up of individuals, don't get me wrong, and you know, Sebastian Javinko and Robbie Keane and Kai Kamara deservedly... You know, should be on the in the running for the MVP and that lot. I said we're we're a team of unknown players, if you want to call it that, and we've managed to do that on on the budget that we have. Um, but we're a team. We'll stick together. We will win together. We lose together, and it doesn't matter to me if you know. I'm sure the players would like to be there, but the bigger picture for me is that we stick together. And when you go through good times and tough times, we win together. We lose together. So doesn't matter to me so uh, I won't be sending an email to MLSsoccer.com <laughs> I can make a case for about six or seven guys on this team as being your MVP this year uh, yeah who, who do you think has been the MVP of this team so far this year you Gary <laughs> there you go you because you've been pretty positive to us so I'll give you that one motivating what, like, the player Christian Tichero the last couple of weeks he has been outstanding yeah to me he was one of the players of the month but yep. was again in the conversation what do you think it is about his game that's maybe caught some of the other teams by surprise? Do they see a small guy and think he's not going to be able to ha- do what he can do on the pitch? I think so. I think the league is known to be a, a strong physical physical league, and you know you look at the size of players coming in. With Kendall, you know, Roman Torres. You're talking about six foot four players, and you know when you bring in a player who's five foot two, then you know some eyebrows are raised. But you know it doesn't matter about the size that you are for me it's about the technical IQ you've got and football brain and when I saw Christian I knew he was the type of player that I wanted he's the type of player that would excite people by getting bums off seats as you put it and he'd have a a creative aspect to him and I think that's what we missed last year so that's the reason why I went out to get him and we've got him and he's settled now you know he's he's playing he's in a groove he's playing with confidence and he's causing problems and you know I, I think he can still get to the next level as well I really do in relation to been a little bit more comfortable uh, with the group that he's uh, surrounded himself with. Uh, I still think there's more to come, and I hope there's more to come as well because I agree with you. He's been fantastic in the month of August. Your development <coughs> policy. Yeah. Uh, you say like it'd be nice to have the money just to buy whoever you want, but that's not that's not <laughs> possible. So, 
Um, just want to talk about a bit about your development policy. You seem to have a good mix of experience and youth on yeah. the bench and stuff. Just talk a little bit about the development policy and how <laughs> that contributes to the uh, to the depth of your squad. Well, in any organisation, you need to have a plan about what you're trying to do from from top to bottom. And if you don't get that plan correct, then you know you might be successful one year or two years, but then you won't be consistent over a period of time. And you know what I tried to do here 18 months ago was um, reduce the age of the squad. I wanted to give opportunities for younger players that we had in our program, residency program, as well as finding top young South American, Central American talent um, that I knew would be affordable to us. You know, not every team in this league can go out and spend fortunes um, like some of the other teams. We can't, um, so that you know that's not a shock to me. And I knew those were the parameters I was working under. Uh, my job is to go and find those little hidden gems somewhere, and you know we've managed to do that. I want to progress the young players through the residency program, the Canadian element. You know, when they're ready to play 20 odd games, then they will get their opportunities to do that. When they're ready to step in and play. Kian's played six or eight games already this year. You know they will get their opportunities, and as a player, there's nothing else, nothing worse than hurts you if you don't get a chance. And there's not one player in my squad can't be, you know, say that he doesn't, hasn't had a chance or doesn't deserve a chance. And they will get the chances, and that's you know with that becomes a hit sometimes because we're putting inexperienced players in. Um, but I'm willing to do that in the short term to get the medium and long term benefit for the club. So Carl Robinson there just talking about the month of August, what's to come and some of the players and the depth that the Whitecaps have just now. So as we mentioned, and as Carl touched upon there, the defeat in Houston was a disappointing way to end August. On the plus side though, not many of us got to see it because the power went out all over the lower mainland. So if you were like me and you were quite lucky not to be able to watch that game, then I think that was probably for the best. Watch the first half on my phone. Totally unaware exactly how much data watching a game on your phone uses. Now fully aware since I have no data left on my phone for the rest of the month. But listen to the second half on the radio. When the power came back on Sunday, I decided to watch the second half highlights because I, I just wanted to see was the game as bad to watch as it sounded on the radio? And the answer was yes. It was a disappointing loss because the Whitecaps did have a chance to come away from Houston, come away from Texas for the first time with three points. They played well enough in the first half. Once again, inability to take their chances. It's something David Eisted covered after the game, that they need to be much more clinical in front of goal. Darren Mattox, the main culprit on Saturday, again. Part of me does want to watch the game back because I just want to see how many times Mattox put his hands on his head during the, the game because it, it just seemed... We're well into double figures for certain. I just w- would like to know how many times he did that as he missed chance after chance. And The Caps should have been up at half-time, trailing 1-0. Then just a lack of discipline in the second half. As I asked Robbo there, as you heard, to me it was disappointing that with such a young team out on the pitch, it was the more experienced and the older heads that kind of lost their cool a little bit and, and got sent off. No complaints for me with the sending off. Both Matty Lava and Kendall Waston deserve to go, deserve to get the the yellow cards that they got. Simon Borg on MLS's instant replay this week feels that 
the, the tackles that eventually got them sent off merited a, a red card on their own. And you could kind of argue that. I think it's a little bit harsh, but I could see why some folk would argue that. It was just disappointing because it's not only going to cost the White Caps against Colorado, but it's also going to cost them against Seattle as well, disrupt the rhythm of the team. On the plus side, though, it does mean that we could have Matty Lab and Kendall Watson available to face Olympia in what is now a very crucial home game in the CONCACAF's Champions League and could really see the Whitecaps stamp their authority on the group. But against Colorado on Wednesday, Robo is now faced with the dilemma of what will, what will we do because the defensive core has been ripped apart without having Watson there, without having Laba there, Russell Tybert's away with Canada... And as you heard Robbo said, he may consider going with a 4-4-2 formation, 4-4-2 diamond. Well, we see Coffey as the, the only DM back there. The way that Flores has been playing, I'm kind of hoping for that. Pretty comfortable, though, with Parker and Ka being in the, in the centre of defence. And Betashur and Harvey were missing the game against Houston. And we know that they're going to be back for Colorado as well. So... Not that worried, and as Carl said there, Colorado are going to be missing some players as well. But you have to look at the schedule for the remainder of the year. Seven MLS games left, five at home. Points are there for the Whitecaps to win. They have to kick it off against Colorado with getting those three points next Wednesday. And then who knows, it's really in the Whitecaps' hands. If they can get these points at home, get anything from the game down in Dallas, anything from the San Jose game as well, we really could be talking support shield winners come the end of October. So as we mentioned there, one man who's going to be back in the defence for the Colorado game is going to be Jordan Harvey. So let's hear a little bit now from the man himself. It's nice. I wouldn't say weird. It's nice to get these opportunities throughout a season. Um, you know, you come back in, everybody's energised, you know, um, really ready to get back at it because we've had a few days off and, uh, you know, Legs are legs are feeling good. What, what did you do yourself on the on the break? Did you talk about that concert? Is that what you did? Or? Honestly, uh, <laughs> didn't do much. Hung around town. Um, again, got some stuff for the nursery. <laughs> built some things, and uh, yeah, I got to go to a concert, so that was cool. Did you lose any power? I lost power about a week earlier than this big outage um, for about a few hours, but yeah, so I didn't have to really deal with it. I was kind of in a bubble. Like I said, I wasn't doing much of anything, so I heard about it a little late too. A lot of talk now to sort of just keep the momentum going. I know you guys obviously came into the break with a, with a loss, but to keep the momentum going from the second, from the first half into the second half. Yeah, I thought we played well in Houston up until, um, you know, some of the cards and in that second half. So, um, just to, to build on the confidence that we've had, um, winning the cup and and our form up until this point um kind of cliche but just focusing on the good performance we've had throughout the season so far and uh building on that because we we need to fine-tune a few things but once we do that i think we'll be uh, up and running again jordan what can you say about the depth of this team about the depth all the way down the line you know it's a, that's another interesting question because we have a very young team um but it, a lot of depth and i think all that talent and uh you know how young our squad is. You don't, you don't normally get that much depth with a young squad, but we do. We have that, and I think it uh, is because Robbo's put guys in certain situations to gain experience. Some of the young guys, and and uh, and then we have young guys coming up that train with us like today that are very talented and get experience training with the first team. So I think it's the way uh, this organization is run. This team is run, giving guys chances, and at a young age, we have a lot of experience still and a lot of depth. 
with all the games and stuff, the Jordan, different competitions and all and that, it's not an 11-man game anymore. I mean, how important is depth? almost as important as anything else. Yeah, I think our team went into the season preparing for all these games and preparing for a long season where everyone's going to have to be used. And um, we've done that uh, top to bottom. Everybody's gotten an opportunity. Um, so many games in a week, guys get opportunities that way and injuries, whatever. But uh, everybody stepped up and, uh, you know, trainings are very competitive because of it. You've been on the bench before. Does it make it a little uh, easier to be on the bench knowing that at some point you're going to get your opportunity for one reason or another? Absolutely. Given form, given, uh, like I said, injuries or just the amount of games, everybody gets a shot in this squad. And uh, that's what keeps it lively. That's what keeps it competitive. And uh, guys are hungry because of it. Having said that, though, Jordan, do you think down the stretch now with seven MLS games to go, that Robbo might go with seven, like seven of the same lineup and try to get a rhythm going heading into the postseason? We'll see. We'll see. I'm not sure. Um, that's a better question for him. Um, but you'd like to think a little consistency down the stretch um, would be something you'd do naturally, but that's, that's in his head. So Jordan Harvey there. Uh, an interesting question at the end, really just about how much rotation Carl Robinson will decide to do going down the stretch. So we've got two months of the regular season left and after what was such a busy month of August, it's pretty weird September that's coming up and also it's a bit of a weird October as well. Looking at the schedule, there's five games in September, three less than what we had in August Three of them in MLS action, two of them in CONCACAF Champions League action, and three of the five matches on a Wednesday. And those midweek games also continue into October, where we, we've got five matches in October. Two of them are on a Wednesday, and one of them, the away trip to Honduras and Olympia, is on a Thursday. So it's all very, very kind of strange uh, how the schedule is now playing out. And looking at whether Robo is going to go for a, a more settled lineup, he kind of already has for the MLS games. If you look at what he did in August, it, apart from the Houston game, it was a pretty much core set lineup that he went for. And once the suspensions and everything are out of the way after what happened in, in Houston, we're going to get the same again, I think. Just going into the end of the season, you're going to get a pretty set Whitecaps lineup for for the MLS games. It's those other games, the, the Champions League games, that, that's going to get the players the, the minutes. And that's going to be important as well because you want to keep them fresh for any further suspensions, for any injuries that might crop up. Or if players end up going out of form, you want to have everyone fresh. The USL season is wrapping up as well, so they're losing that as an avenue for getting players' minutes. Only three of those games left and WFC 2 sadly will not be in the postseason this year. So Robbo has to use these Champions League games to kind of give the fringe guys minutes. But at the same time, a place in the quarterfinals for the Champions League is also very much in the Whitecaps' grasp just now. So it's kind of balancing that as well. So it, it will be will be intriguing to see just how Robbo manages the lineup going into these September games. 
Now, something else that Jordan Harvey mentioned there was the depth for such a young squad has has been pretty impressive. But other times when they've stepped up, played together, when there's been a lot of changes, they have struggled a little bit. But there is no doubting that the depth is there if you're wanting to make one or two adjustments. The likes of Tim Parker, Samara Kugby, Russell Tybert coming into the DM role... Kian's Froze even getting a, a couple of games on the wing. I think it's probably six or eight games or something so far this year. But going down the stretch, the Caps are definitely going to need their veteran players. And one of the guys who is hopefully going to be fit and refreshed after having a couple of weeks on the sideline with injury and then slowly coming back into the team is Mauro Rosales. Now, Mauro, I thought, had an excellent game against Houston when he came back into the starting lineup, And I think he is going to have an important part to play going down the stretch Maybe as a starter, maybe as a, a guy to bring on in the 60-minute mark, which is a great luxury for the Whitecaps to have. So let's hear a little bit now from Mauro Rosales at training on Thursday, just talking about the month that's gone, the games to come, and the depth of this Whitecaps squad. Have a couple of days off after such a, such a busy August? Yeah, he was. He was. Just uh, charge uh, our energies. Uh, we did very well playing in home and away and getting good results. Others not so well, but uh, even that in the in the losses that we had, we we made uh, a lot of positive things, a lot of uh, uh, good stuff as a as a team, as a, an individual. So uh, we are uh, really pleased about uh, what what happening in in uh, the the last month, and uh, now we have to move forward. Keep. Uh, uh, our heads up and uh, just uh, move with the same mentality that we had before, just being a, a strong team, no matter where we play, away or on home, just try to get points and uh, we will be okay. Can you talk a bit about the depth of your team and of the squad? I think you can see it if you are, probably most of the guys are here uh, watching the trainings and uh, you can see how hard we play, uh, how we train, uh, we train to the limits. Because everybody want to be part of this team. Everybody want to be involved uh, in the weekend. And it's just a good thing because everybody push each other so we become better players. M- other players more than uh, us, like uh, we, we are experienced players, we can teach them. Uh, we can just push them to the next level. So whenever it's the turn for, from them to step into the field, they are ready. And uh, this is the reason. Every, every single guy that step into the field, even if he wasn't playing for, for a long time, uh, you can see Dean, Tim Parker, uh, uh, a lot of guys that step into the field and did uh, excellent for us. And uh, it is no surprise for us because we can see that every single training, uh, also for the, for the coaches. Uh, they are doing excellent jobs, just keeping everybody motivated, and this is uh, the reason that uh, this team is has been successful in these last couple of months. As one of the, as one of the veterans on the team, is it your job to make sure that the levels stay high, especially with, with such a young group? Uh, I think uh, uh, the young ones, because I've been part of that uh, in that position before. Whenever you are not playing or getting minutes, you think, okay, the coach is not looking at me. But it's the opposite. The, 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 the coaches are looking for you to react on that adversity and it's going to give you the plus whenever you have the opportunity. And uh, uh, watching everybody just training the way that they train and uh, 
just sometimes it get out of, of everything because we, we play really, really hard. But it's not personal. Everybody knows that. Uh, it's just trying to push to the next level to to become a good team. This is the, the goal that everybody want to accomplish, just become a good team and uh, just get the results and uh, get trophy for this club. Everybody wants to have a great starting 11, but can you be successful if you don't have good good depth? Because obviously guys get suspended, they get injured, they go away on international yeah, duty. I think this was uh, the, probably the reason that uh, uh, this league is, uh, not the leagues, the teams are going up and downs. No, uh, regular teams are because whenever they lost one or two players, they start losing games. And uh, uh, we showed that uh, even losing players, have suspended players, we we can get results as well. So uh, that is good. That is good having a good squad and a motivated squad all the time uh, give you that uh, plus that we we need to to be successful. The, the, the whole years, not just few months, just being successful and then just leave it at that. The club's already won the Voyagers Cup. Do you allow yourself to look at how special this season could be? Yeah, of course, of course. We always believe in what we have, even that the other players, the other teams uh, took many, many players from, from Europe, uh, quality players to their squad, but uh, we... We always have faith in what we can do. Uh, we believe in our players, and uh, the level that we have uh, is good for face anybody. So uh, we believe that we can good and uh, go further with uh, with this team, like further than last year. So this is uh, the goal for this team, and uh, we always wanted to uh, become uh, successful, and this is what we want. Yeah. Thanks, okay, So Myra Rosales there talking about a number of things, including depth, which was one of the big talking points at, at training this morning. He also made a, an interesting point around how the young players in the squad that aren't featuring in the starting eleven all the time and are kind of on the fringes, they may think that Robo isn't paying attention to them. But as he said there, that is the time that Robo is probably going to be paying more attention to them to see how they respond and react to not being picked, to to being on the fringes. How do they perform on the training pitch? How do they carry themselves, their whole body language? Are they being vocal? At training one of the days last week, there was a a little bit of a bust-up between Kian's Froze and and Debbie Flores just before they had jetted off to Houston. So a little bit of tension between the players there. And Ka tore them both down uh, a real peg or two. It's like he just was basically the alpha male. You you could clearly see who the who the leader on the training pitch is. And they listened to him, they responded to that, they didn't they didn't act that way again. And that is what we need to see from the young players. And and Myron Jordan did make some interesting points there regarding the fact that the Whitecaps' depth has possibly put them in a better position than a number of other teams. 
who, when these players lose their top players, they go away on international duty, they're maybe injured. It's like they, they struggle, they lose points. We've seen it with Seattle when they were missing their, their players in June and July. The Whitecaps haven't had that as much because, and as I said earlier in the show, to make 11 wholesale changes, the depth struggles, they, there's no chemistry there. But when you make the one or two changes positionally, like Robo has done all season long, the Whitecaps respond really well to that. And let, let's just hope that this continues, that when these guys are called upon down the stretch, that they can st- step up and deliver. And one final thing to say uh, about Myro is, it looks like he might be coming to the end of his time as a player. I really hope that the Whitecaps can kind of get something done to, to maybe have him still around the club in a coaching capacity because he is great in the training pitch, he's great with the young guys, and I'm just listening to him there, the, the knowledge and the sense that he talks, it's just something that I, I feel would be a big value to the club as well. But there's no MLS action, as we mentioned, for the Whitecaps this weekend. But fear not, because if you want to get your live fix of the Whitecaps this weekend, you can head along to Thunderbird Stadium on Sunday. WFC 2 playing their third final game of the season against Sacramento Republic, 3 o'clock kickoff. Three games left for WFC 2. Not going to make the playoffs barring some miraculous goal-scoring twists and other teams just like not winning any games. So they're still mathematically possible for, for making the postseason, but it's not likely to happen. Three remaining games, Sacramento Republic, Orange County Blues, Austin Aztecs, the, the final game of the season. All games at home. The first two are against teams who are fighting for their playoff lives and playoff positioning, so they're going to be tough games. I think we're going to see a number of the young guys just getting their chance now to play out the season. Robo might also call up a couple of the, the under-18 guys as well just to kind of see how, how they're going to fare. So if you're free on Sunday this long weekend, try and get yourselves along to that. Whitecats back in MLS action on Wednesday night against Colorado Rapids. We might bring you a post-game show after that. We'll kind of see what we can do for that. But until then, thanks for listening as always to this podcast. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. You can read all our stuff, AFTN, away from the numbers. Get there, AFTN.ca. I'm also the Whitecaps beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com, so read all my stuff on there. But until next time, thanks for listening. Take care. And as always, Mon the Caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Ten minutes left, yeah, but then-